deep in London's beating heart lies a wall. I'd like to it be if you know the call. For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see. Cause the wizard world is opened up as has the Griffin's dream. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Shriekcast. This is a Harry Potter reread podcast for Laps fans. I am your host, ZC. And I'm Liz. And Liz, uh, what do you consider a hero? What is a hero to you? I wasn't ready for that question. And the first thing that popped into my head was that um, that one series that ran on television. Was it called Hero? Wait, the Save the Cheerleader, Save the World series with... Maybe? The MVC one? Heroes? Yep, yep, yeah, that MVC's one. Heroes? That's the one. Yep, so that's the first thing that popped into my head. <laughs> uh, and I guess... <laughs> I guess I'm sticking with it. All right. Uh, was it was it about like people like having their superpowers awakened, and it was yes. just, like people from all walks of life, and then they yep. have to like come together to mm-hmm. do something. Yeah, to save the cheerleader. Do people um, like that show? People really liked the first season, if I remember right, and I think after that, it kind of became a joke. I think. Like, hmm. like seems to me, it was like always it. a joke. <laughs> yeah i don't know that's one that i would be interested in revisiting to see if it holds up at all i would guess no but um <laughs> that is that is not the kind of hero uh, oh I'm okay talking i'm talking about direct action sure yeah i'm, I'm about, really into that yeah i'm talking about getting out there and and sticking it to the rich people uh-huh. uh and taking their money to buy cats and scented candles hell yes all right this is the best this is the best news uh, I think that we've had in a few weeks now. Yeah, this is this is fucking incredible. Um, well, uh, oh, I, I took that back. It's not what is happening is not incredible. What happened is. Um, yeah, I guess I guess it has kind of a bad end. Yeah, well, we don't know for sure, but but it sure seems that way. J.K. Rowling has sued a former employee uh, for embezzlement, basically. Uh, she's <laughs> she uh, her, her former personal assistant uh, was uh, using funds to buy herself stuff. I will read from the BBC News article here. Harry Potter author J.K. Rowling has launched a £24,000 legal claim against a former employee for allegedly using her money to go on shopping sprees. Um, <laughs> this person's a fucking hero. Uh, th- this is this is so funny. Um, I hope that the uh, I hope that this lawsuit does not uh, does not come down too hard on her because this is just too good. Um, it is claimed Miss Donaldson has re- uh, responsibility for funds and was provided with a credit card for buying items in connection with business and personal affairs only. She had to submit statements and receipts once a month to the accountants and also had access to a safe containing foreign money. I but- love I love that this article explains what it's like to have a credit card at a job. Like <laughs> like th- thank you the BBC. <laughs> yeah. Um uh Miss Rowling has alleged Miss Donaldson made a series of unauthorized payments including 823 pounds at BB Bakery, uh 1482 pounds at luxury candle company Joe Malone, 3629 pounds in cosmetic firm Moulton Brown. 2139 pounds in card shop paper tiger that one i really want to know how you spend like what did what did she get and 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 how do you spend that much in a in a paper store and then 1636 pounds in starbucks that's Um, nothing that's not gonna i'm gonna do 
I, that's I'm gonna nothing. do the I'm gonna do the rim shot joke here. She bought one latte. <laughs> and a biscotti. I swear to God, the same people, and again, I'm saying this with no evidence. I swear that the same people that are like, how do you spend that much at Starbucks are the exact same people that are like, well, if poor people just stop getting lattes at Starbucks, they would be <laughs> able to go to college. Well, the, the the general reaction, of course, to this from like the Harry Potter fandom, at least on like Reddit and stuff, has been like, a mocking this lady for attempting to steal from the queen <laughs> but also like making fun of her like conspicuous conspicuous consumption choices here like like i don't know if it's in this article but it says that she like bought two cats or whatever as well and like <laughs> and so for like like oh why are you like like how are you spending that much on cats how are you spending that much on candles and it's like do people not know what things cost well not only that though but like like who who think whose money we're talking about here like the one that got, got me this is okay here we go uh it is alleged that miss donaldson bought two cats worth 1200 pounds and withdrew 400 pounds in cash for a deposit for a restaurant lunch but the miss rowling's husband neil murray discovered no deposit had been paid so like people on the reddit were going like like 400 pounds for lunch like jk rowling definitely pays more than 400 pounds for lunch on the regular yeah considering this was a deposit for a lunch right yeah i uh, yeah people don't know how much things cost and also no one can fathom how rich jk rowling actually is i guess yeah i mean to be fair like i I think that a lot of people do that thought experiment but the result is usually that it is like very very difficult to have fathom that level of wealth yeah because it's it's not it's nothing right like you get you get past a certain point and it's just numbers like it loses <laughs> meaning outside of accumulating wealth upon wealth i suppose right and the, and the money that jk is suing her for 24,000 20, yeah 24 grand like i i like close your eyes and just imagine how much money jk rowling probably makes like in a minute just by existing and like having books and royalty checks and films it, like coming out like it is absurd right like just just fire her like come on right just yeah fire her and be done with it um the uh there's some other amazing details here miss rowling also claims miss donaldson who controlled memorabilia requests from fans used her position to steal a Harry Potter motorized Hogwarts Express <laughs> worth 500 pounds, a Harry Potter wizard collection worth two grand. I d- Worth is a funny word. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, as far... Uh, unless I'm thinking of something else, unless this is the wrong thing, the wizard collection is like a 32-disc Blu-ray DVD combo set that, like has all the movies and like making of materials in like a shitty cardboard enclosure it is not worth two I grand think, I, I think that's what it is right i, that's I mean what we were I, able to we find. found it on amazon there weren't any actual listings for it except for one very suspicious looking used one for like 695 yeah and also all of the reviews say that it doesn't work like all the discs are fucked up um yeah um so so worth like you say is kind of an interesting concept here uh and a harry potter tales of beetle the bard set worth 400 pounds i 
I, the 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 best part of this, I think, and I know that this is like a fairly standard legal statement, but I, I still love it, is is the, the response from the defendant here uh, is that Miss Rowling has not suffered any loss and is not entitled to damages from her, which <laughs> fucking hell yes. Uh, even if she did steal all the all the stuff, I, I would agree with the not suffered any loss thing here. Like twenty four thousand, it's nothing. It ain't yeah. anything. Yeah, that's not that's not anything to to J.K. Rowling. And and like I think what really gets me about this story is the suing on principle because it literally can't be anything else. Yeah, which is which is okay. Look, I'm not look stealing isn't great, right? Like it's, it's it, I, I'm <laughs> I not don't know, here, is it? Well, well, I would say, uh, you know, last week we had a conversation about whether whether killing was was explicitly bad, and I was coming down on the side of like, you know, come sometimes kind of depends on who you kill. Um, and here I'm kind of erring on the same side, kind of, you know, what stealing kind of depends on who you're stealing from. Um, and in this case, I think that the, I think that J.K. Rowling suing a normal person presumably right like in terms of like like income and like status in life mm-hmm. uh suing them for like 25 grand is a much greater evil than stealing from jk rowling i think yeah like, I, like i'm not i'm not out here to take some kind of like moral stand about stealing even though i just implied maybe 10 seconds ago that stealing was good <laughs> um but like and and i could see a suing on principle if jk rowling's like privacy had been violated or if this lady was like going into her house and like taking her personal things like i understand that like that sense of like like violation and and feeling like yeah but this is charging the business credit card right like this is a this is going into the stationary store and buying a bunch of paper yeah um so i'm gonna i'm gonna come out and say that it's good actually it's not quite robin hood because it's not quite stealing from the rich and giving to the poor but it is stealing from the rich and buying some cats which i just have to support which yeah and also who who i mean i guess if you're a personal assistant to jk rowling you're probably have some uh prestige i guess in your career but like like who knows maybe at some point sometimes you got to be a robin hood for yourself you know damn it's true (laughs) um uh yeah, but yes i i agree uh i think i think this woman is a hero uh and until and until we learn whatever uh horrible details might come out of this I, I don't think exist but just just covering my ass here if it turns out that this lady's like evil or whatever um but until then sure. until then you know what i think this is good actually uh and that it should be everyone's duty just to, to steal from jk rowling so i i <laughs> I I will take it one step further. Everyone should go and see. Go. Everyone should sneak into Fantastic Beasts two when it comes out. Yeah, I mean we we can't stand by that, but yeah, you know it's it's wink, an wink. option. Wink, wink. You know, just jokes. Just joking. Just joking. But what if everyone went and stole a, a copy of Harry Potter from their local Target? <laughs> <laughs> Does Target carry Harry Potter? I mean, they do, right? It's like a it's oh, a yeah. mainstay. Hmm. Yeah, I bought I bought the copy of Goblet of Fire that we have been reading uh, this week. Uh, how fact, is that going into How is that going into a Target in the year 2018 uh, and bringing a copy of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire to the ca- cashier at Target? Can um, you tell me about that experience? Yeah. So so let, let's. 
I I shop at this Target a lot because it's like the closest like big box store to me. Um, sure. And um, I have been owned not on purpose, <laughs> uh, but but I I have been completely fucking destroyed by a cashier there. Hell uh, yes. <laughs> because a couple of years ago, or a couple, whenever Call of Dude, yeah, two years ago, Call of Duty Black Ops 3 came out. Uh-huh. And I went and bought it there because I had like a two for one thing. Sure. And I wanted to play some multiplayer. So I went and got it. And uh at the cashier, <laughs> I she 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 like picked it up and and like took it out of the like security casing that they give games to you in. Uh-huh. And she said, oh, my 12-year-old's really looking forward to this. Holy shit. That's incredible. <laughs> uh, and I was just fucking destroyed, right? Like, like I had no retort for that. I mean, like, it wasn't intended as a dig, but, like, I was just did like... You say, did you say, like, well, see, see uh, little Jimmy on the fields of battle? I, I just had no I had no response. I, I I could not think of anything. So I, I compared to that buying Harry Potter, um, considering this is also the target that like held that Harry Potter event that we talked about and like has a whole Harry Potter section sometimes. Uh um I don't I don't think it really stuck out. Um Yeah, I'm just constructing this idea that like you showed up for the Harry Potter event, you're in the Target every oh God, couple months buying, uh, yeah. buying a copy of Harry Potter. Also, see it probably seems uh. like you read really slow. Like <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that. No, but, but like you've been reading profile. you've been you've been reading two chapters of Harry Potter for the last uh Let's see, what, <laughs> like 37 weeks. <laughs> Making a slow but steady progress. Yeah, Target is building a profile and like, I'm going to be like in the book section there next time and someone's going to walk over and be like, do you, do you, do you want an addition? This one has bigger words if you want that, that one. <laughs> but I think there are illustrated ones. <laughs> Yeah, this target is is a is a is a is a nightmare factory designed to just completely own me every time I walk in there. Yeah, it um, sounds I mean, like it. I, I mean, also this was the target that I looked like a crazy person in because I was feeling all of the uh, Harry Potter Lego minifigure bags trying to <laughs> trying to figure out which one had Dobby. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's so good. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I I make fun, but I order my books uh, on Amazon because I I can't I can't deal with that um, the idea <laughs> of bringing up a copy of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire in the year twenty eighteen and and that's that's on me. Like I think that you're really brave for doing that. Like, like we've we have talked at length about the like um, what happens if we ever get asked about the podcast in public thing or like mm-hmm. if, if if by you know by the grace of god or whatever we get recognized <laughs> somewhere and someone like 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 how do we deal with that yeah. um because you know we're, we I, I, I is it unfair to say that we are we are both fairly shy in real life People? Oh, I, I definitely am. I don't yeah, like to be talked I, to or looked at in me, public. Yeah, me, me too, for the most part. So I, I have, I have like, 
a mental checklist of like how to assess and and uh disengage from a from someone <laughs> like noticing I'm reading Harry Potter or or buying Harry Potter or whatever um but I haven't had to use it yet well we're gearing up because we're gonna have to go see crimes of grindelwald on opening night next oh, with, week yes with and with that's presumably got some, lots that's got of fans. Some optics huh oh yeah oh yeah that's really not the place to pretend you're not a harry potter fan <laughs> which is what i do <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah just just play dumb just be like uh what is it what, what is what this is movie? this what am what i here this? to see huh what's oh, this? this is harry potter oh oh my god could you imagine like it's just at some point in the movie like whenever like dumbledore shows up or something just being like wait is this harry potter just like really loudly in the theater is this a harry potter movie is this a harry potter movie oh <laughs> damn it <laughs> but we're very lukewarm about it so Aww. not super interested we know it but we haven't uh we don't really think about it or talk about it we think yeah we it's interesting, I guess, because because the other the other end right is the same thing happens to us that happened to me when I bought Call of Duty at Target, which is is some kindly old lady says, "Oh, my twelve year old is really excited for this." <laughs> well, it's yeah. true though. So, speaking of uh, the book that I bought at Target in public, yeah, yeah. Um, shall we get to our reading for the week? Oh, I suppose. I say that, but I think I think I liked our reading this week. There's some good. There's some good stuff in here. I that's one of those. You know, emphasis in the English language can carry so much meaning. Uh, and I think that I am waffling between there's some good stuff in this and there's some good stuff in this. <laughs> yeah, I guess without further ado, I'll jump right into chapter sixteen, uh, which is an exciting one because it's called the Goblet of Fire, which is also the name of the book. Hell I don't yeah. know if you noticed that. Uh, so, oh, wait. Oh, yeah, I Ooh. know. <laughs> wait, do you think someone's going to say the line, the crimes of Grindelwald in the crimes of Grindelwald movie? That's my favorite thing that happens in movies. <laughs> oh, like, do you think so. Dumbledore oh, is going to say to Newt, like, we have these to are the crimes of Grindelwald? Oh, oh yeah. Well, like, we have to stop the crimes of Grindelwald or, or these <laughs> are the crimes of Grindelwald. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> Oh, I really hope so. <laughs> anyway, okay, chapter 16, The Goblet of Fire. We're jumping right back in. Last week, uh, they welcomed the foreign student to the school. Ron is still super excited about Crumb being there, and all the students are kind of looking for, like, writing utensils uh, to try to get an autograph from him. And Hermione is kind of scoffing, like, who cares? He's just a, just a sports celebrity. Hermione also gets a little offended once they kind of go into the castle and they sit down uh, to eat the the feast that welcome the welcoming feast for the the foreign students that have arrived and the the Beaubatons girls are kind of like cold and kind of looking around disdainfully and and Hermione kind of gets a little bit defensive for Hogwarts. Uh, the Bobaton students sit with the Ravenclaws and the Durmstrang students go and sit with the Slytherins, which makes Ron very disappointed. Um, during the feast, everyone is just kind of looking forward to uh, more details about the Triwizard Tournament. Uh, but we get a, a part where 
Fleur comes up. We don't know her as Fleur, but Fleur comes over to the Gryffindor table to get a, a dish from their table. And, and Ron looks at her and is uh, taken by her. And as she leaves, he turns to them and says, that girl's Avila. Um, Harry also takes that opportunity to tell us that he still likes Cho. Um, because there's like kind of a little back and forth between, between Ron and Hermione about it. Uh, there were a couple empty seats at the head table and it's revealed that they were for uh, Mr. Crouch and Ludo Bagman who are there to oversee the tournament. After the feast, Dumbledore reveals the Goblet of Fire for the first time, explains that it's the Goblet is the, is the impartial judge. They have 24 hours to put their names on a piece of paper into the Goblet. And the next day, which I think is Halloween, the, the Goblet will uh, tell them who their champions are. Um, he also explains that the way that they're preventing people under 17 from entering is an age line that Dumbledore himself is drawing around the Goblet. Ron kind of wonders where uh, the foreign students are going to be going to be sleeping and kind of says that like, oh, Victor Crumb should come and sleep in their dorm because that would be cool. Uh, but it turns out that that they're going to go back to the, the carriage and the boat and that's where they're going to be staying while they're at Hogwarts. As they're leaving, uh, Crumb, I think, is sick and we kind of get the get the idea that Karkaroff is favoring Victor Crumb because he kind of offers him offers him some wine for his his cold and and another kid is like I want some wine and Karkaroff says not you you dummy or whatever uh, as they're leaving Karkaroff sees Harry and kind of gawks at him realizing that he's Harry Potter but Moody shows up and kind of kind of makes him go away and Karkaroff we get the idea that he's kind of scared of Moody Moody tells him he's blocking the door and he leaves. It's the next day. Uh, all the students are kind of milling about and talking about who put their names in the goblet. Harry muses to himself that if it were him, or not to himself, he tells uh, uh, Ron and Hermione that if he, it were him and he were entering, he would have done it after everyone went to sleep privately. Fred and George show up at that point, and they've taken one drop of an aging potion to make them 17 and, and attempt to put their their names in the goblet. Uh, also Lee Jordan does with them, but he doesn't end up crossing the age line. Fred and George go first and the line kind of blasts them back and they have beards and Dumbledore shows up and they all have a big, big laugh about how that won't work. Uh, we do get a summary of the Hogwarts students that have entered the tournament uh, as we kind of near the feast. It's uh, a kid named Warrington from Slytherin Cedric Diggory from Hufflepuff and Angelina Johnson from Gryffindor. Uh, before the feast, Harry, Ron, and Hermione decide to go visit Hagrid. Hermione remembers at that point that she hadn't invited Hagrid to spew and goes and gets her, her kind of box of, of membership badges. When they show up at Hagrid's hut, he's, he's dressed up like, like a special occasion. I think it's the same suit that he was wearing for Buckbeak's appeal in the third book. And he, he has his hair done really weird, but it looks like he tried to kind of dress himself up, but it, he looks very silly. Hermione uh, tries to talk to Hagrid about, about Spew, and Hagrid explains why she's wrong about it and why house elves like to be slaves and that Dobby is just weird. He also knows something about the tournament, like one of the tasks, but he's he's keeping it a secret. They kind of try to get him to tell them, and, and he won't. Eventually, uh, Madame Maxime is is there, and Hagrid kind of like 
goes out to meet her and it's about time for the the feast and the like announcement of the champions and Hagrid forgets that Harry, Ron and Hermione are there and and walks up to the castle with Madame Maxime and and it's kind of the reveal that that's why he was dressed up because because he fancies her. It's now time for the Triwizard Champions to be selected and they're sitting there at the at the in the great hall and long story short it's Victor Crumb from Durmstrang, Fleur Delacour from Beaubatons, and it's Cedric Diggory from Hogwarts. But then it's also Harry Potter. And that's the end of the chapter. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Potter? Dun. Yep. <laughs> that was yeah. very long. That was a yeah. lot and also not very much. It was it was like a chapter that is two days long, I guess. Yeah. And we and we get pretty much everything that happens yeah uh yeah i'm trying to think where to start here i guess at the closest how to the beginning f- how about the first feast uh which is where hermione is not like other girls and yeah. Ron and harry are still horny yeah there that i think that is where i have like the most to like unpack with this chapter probably because um i'm on bored with Hermione being upset about how snooty the the other students are about the school. Yeah. Except- I like to see her a little bit defensive for Hogwarts. Yeah. Except for the part where uh is feels a little bit like out of step with her character in this moment because also she is horrified that she's just discovered that Hogwarts runs on slave labor and always has. Yep, it was maybe last chapter or the chapter before where she uh, is now tur- like has has changed her idea of like her favorite book about Hogwarts. Because yeah, she's like, oh, Hogwarts is rotten to its core because it's built on slave labor. Yeah. Um. So I'm I'm kind of surprised that she's not like at least like agreeing with them or so, or or just being like i wonder if their school runs on house self labor or something like it, that would be kind of what i would expect here mm-hmm. um but uh, but i do i i do like her sort of knee-jerk reaction to like the kind of stuck up reactions to the castle yeah um the part that works for me the least here <laughs> is i am forming a theory that jk rowling has never like like her her concept of sexuality comes from 1950s slapstick comedies uh (laughs) yeah because this bizarre exchange between harry ron and fleur is like it's like something out of a rat pack movie to me (laughs) um like 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 ron ron sees her and goes they don't make them like that at hogwarts which is like the (laughs) the most psycho like 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 that's a frank sinatra thing right like you know nursing a, a, a a glass of scotch going like wow they don't make dames like that in new york uh uh just it's so weird uh, well, uh, so 14-year-olds talked in 1990. Yeah. I guess I don't know what year this takes you, place. You, you, you'd, you'd skateboard to school. <laughs> uh, on the way, you'd pick up a Nirvana uh, cassette tape. And and you would, you'd meet up with your friends in the schoolyard and look at all the girls and say, gosh, she's got a butt that won't quit, I tell you. 
She's oh got gowns that go all the way to the ground. Like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> uh, I love that Fleur just has to be a magical creature, a magical, a magical hot lady. Um, I, I just hate this entire dynamic. And I hate that, like, Harry is immune to Fleur being like a magical sex siren because he has a crush on Cho. Because Harry's response is also insane because Ron says, like, they don't make them like that at Hogwarts. And Harry's like, they make them all right at Hogwarts. Yeah, that's what? that's the thing. That's why I'm saying it's like a Rat Pack move. Like, it is it is a it is a exchange that, like, two characters <laughs> in a 1950s comedy would have. It's so bizarre. Uh, also, I'm going to take I'm I'm I'm, I'm going to pick this all the way apart. Cho was not made at Hogwarts. <laughs> and Fleur was no. not made at Beaubaton. Like, like, are you talking about France? Are you talking about England? Like, what's the deal here? Um It's it's so goofy. We we talked, I think, in like the first Vila Reveal chapter about how frustrating Fleur is because I still I I mean like like and this is like a personal taste thing, but like I I think that like harpies are really cool magical creatures or whatever and it would be cool to have a character like that in in this book but like the fact that she's just like there to make ron a horny idiot sucks so much yeah it, i have no problem with like the concept of Vila's. i have a problem with like the way the story moralizes them as yeah. like being temptresses that only work if you don't have like true love or like a like pu- like pure feelings for someone. Yeah, if you're if you're yeah, it's it's very stupid and it um in general the depiction of like Vila and the and like the Bobaton students in general just like J.K. Rowling has a really weird problem with like attractive people. Like you, you were saying at the beginning of this that this is like the beginning of Hermione, not you know, not like other girls thing. Um, yeah, and like I, I, you know, I can understand like criticizing uh, beauty standards or whatever. You know, like like there's a, there's an angle to this, but this bizarre take that this book accidentally, purposefully, I have no idea. Uh, comes away with like 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 people who who are sought after are all actually secretly evil or temptresses or it's just very silly yeah i I don't really know how the flirt thing like ends up because i think that the book does soften on her later but it's almost, if I recall correctly, and I am like willing to be wrong about this, but was much more like a. It is in spite of her being a Vila, right? Like, like I think that the Vila thing is just always a a bad thing, or is supposed to be like viewed badly, right? Especially because she's only part Vila right. or whatever, and it's like it's like a. Uh, I mean, this gets honestly. I hadn't really thought about this. It gets it gets worse the more I think about it. But it's like uh, a thing she has to she has a responsibility to like control or or be aware of or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a little yucky. I think. It, it, I mean, and and I I only say this because this isn't the only place that this pops up. Right? Like this is Queenie as well. This is Queenie's character to a T. Is that like? 
you know, she's the conventionally attractive bombshell blonde who can can read minds and it's and it's like her fault that like everyone likes her and she can she can mind control people it's just really it's a weird uh, thing to keep popping up and i yeah and it, it sure seems to make a weird point about like moralizing and stuff and and this and this i mean this is a huge theme that is ever present in these books i mean this is this is um uh a lot of people talk about like love potions in this in this universe and like children that are born of like a couple that had like were using love potions might be like evil or or less of a like it's just it's all fucked up all this like weird like temptress like false lust based stuff is not great i I mean i'm not surprised by it because i don't think that this book is these books are challenging anything in any way Mm -hmm. well it's it's just it's it's funny i think way back in our discussions about book one we were talking about um uh the depiction of the dursleys right and how it, it felt right out of the the sort of like classic roll doll thing that always gets brought up the um you know the, the uglier your thoughts are the uglier you are on the outside thing mm-hmm. and this is sort of a weird like inverse version of that where it's like the the hotter you are on the outside the worse of a person you might be on the inside which is yeah. a really I mean, like, like I said, I, I get it. I, I get it from the perspective of, you know, I, 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 I think it is both a good and probably necessary thing to like question and uh, criticize like conventional beauty standards. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's you don't do that by judging people for it. You do that by you know talking about the system or 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 whatever like like fleur can't fucking help whether or not she's attractive and also she like what what do you like like in in the in the perfect universe of harry potter what is jk rowling trying to say fleur delacour should do like wake up every morning and go gosh i'm just too attractive i should go and smack my head against the mirror a few times and not do my hair and not put on makeup and and wear a trash bag because it's unfair otherwise like what what, like what what is she supposed to do i mean i think that we get what she's supposed to do in these books which is i i think that she ultimately uh Oh, that's right. She, like, she sticks that, with Bill, the, her, even though he has a badass arc, scar. It's, like, it's yeah. like Bill gets fucked up, but but she, you know, isn't gonna leave him for it or or something. I don't. <laughs> I don't really know. God, I forgot about that. It's just so weird, and 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 it's just uncomfortable. I don't know. Like, it's it's it 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 feels like it's casting aspersions in the wrong direction. Um. And especially because there's a component where, like, in just because of the way, like, the structure of the story, the way that the Vila are in this world, like, she literally cannot do anything about it. Like, she is inherently, like, a magic sex monster or whatever. And, like... 
which I like in stories that could be extremely cool. Please. That rules. <laughs> that fucking rules, right? Like, like, or could rule. But like, instead, we just get this thing about how like, uh, um, she has to work harder at being like intelligent or whatever, or like, or like, had to have value. Um, it's it sucks. It's it's especially with like the genetic component. It just really fucking sucks. Yeah, like you have to. Oh, she has to work to overcome her genetic makeup. Like, oops, uh oh, mm, I don't like that. Uh, I mean, she also. I mean, it sucks for Hermione too because it. I mean, Fleur is the. I, I mean, I guess I don't. I don't know. I haven't read this book in a long time, but as far as I know, the trajectory is is that um, Ron is attracted to Fleur because he hasn't recognized Hermione's femininity yet until Hermione makes herself uh, hot for the Yule Ball. So, uh, so I mean, yeah, like this, this is gonna, like, I think that Fleur does like end up becoming more like we're, we're supposed to be sympathetic to Fleur, but probably for the wrong reasons. Also, we're going to go through a character calling her phlegm. Uh, mm. There's just a lot. So I, I'm not loving this stuff. And I don't like I don't like her. I don't like how Hermione is like reacting to and has to bounce off of it either. Well, yeah, why? Why do they have to be pitched against each other here? Like like there is no Fleur has not said anything to Hermione at all. She hasn't said anything at all except that she wanted uh, the Boulia Bays. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> That's all she's done so far. <laughs> I guess. Wants- I guess she says more in the next chapter. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. It's 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 annoying. And but but I but just like <laughs> on top of all the Fleur stuff, just um, J.K.'s complete like inability. Like this is this will just continue to be running thing. She. I. I just don't. I think that she is like somehow physically like cosmically incapable of writing anything sexy she does not know how to do it uh and and also does not know how people talk to each other about attractive people like it is it is so funny reading this like exchange between harry and ron like like they're two they're two two grizzled men in the 1950s or or whatever (laughs) It, it is just so stupid yeah uh also I just couldn't really quite shake that this chapter is the, like, everyone has crushes now chapter. I guess guess Hermione doesn't, but it's so jarring. We we get just, like, these really heavy-handed, like, Ron and Harry are now, like, they're grown up now, and they're saying things like, (laughs) they don't make them like this (laughs) at Hogwarts. (laughs) And then we immediately go to Hagrid's hut and he's like in love with Madame Maxime or whatever. Right. And, and I don't have a problem with that. Like I'm not, I don't really have a problem with that in isolation. It's just like such a funny theme of this chapter. Yeah. It, it, I, I feel like, I feel like for, for the sake of like the, the chapter, I think one of those should have been picked right for this chapter. Um, I feel like I, it's I, been pretty well established that Harry and Ron are, older boys now like girls now except i will say that harry has a very funny case of the not gays in this chapter oh big time yeah because (laughs) because if 
if he hadn't if we hadn't gotten that like internal monologue about Cho, um <laughs> it would have just seemed like he had no reaction to Avila. Yeah. Uh, which is especially because the book like it like calls out like oh all the boys were looking at her but like like if if uh if if harry had not if we hadn't gotten like a window into harry thinking about cho it just would have been, been like the ultimate like evidence for for like dreary shippers or something that harry oh, isn't yeah. straight it's too bad that harry reacted to the villa at the at the quidditch match yeah i yeah. can't i i feel like we probably talked about this during the quidditch match but i would just like to reiterate or say it for the first time if we didn't how absurd it is that there are like actual literal succubus sex monsters but it only works on you if that's your like sexual orientation it, it, it is very funny and it is also it is also very very funny that it um uh not only not only is it like specific to sexual orientation but it's uh it, it it is also like a barometer for like there are just only straight people in this in this world oh like, yeah because it's like it's uh, like broadly like the men all reacted right yeah except yes. for the except for the faithfully married men yeah except for the faithfully don't, married don't men and, and harry who has a pure and beautiful crush on show yeah. yeah it's 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 very funny uh it, it's very revealing i guess of just like the thought process behind it you know yeah I, um, i've been watching i've been watching uh dragon ball on and off lately uh -huh. um and it just all the vila stuff just reminds me of goku and him whether he can ride on the cloud or not <laughs> that would be so much better <laughs> dragon ball is so much better than harry potter can we put that out there like yeah dragon ball fucking rules yeah uh, it does um it's definitely a product of its time uh but oh, I, for I, sure. I i would actually i would definitely although honestly like the, the purity cloud would fit right into the harry potter world it it, <laughs> it really would <laughs> goku goku uh goku versus voldemort who would win you have to say goku right Goku fucking wins. Absolutely. 100% no question. Because uh, Voldemort's like still a, a a man, right? Like he's yeah. still just a human man. Yeah, Goku would kick the shit out of Voldemort. Yeah, that's that's some hard hitting. Uh, Goku's a hit wizard. Takes. Oh, yeah, he is. Um, But yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, like I... I, I this probably sound a lot of this probably just sounds bonkers to people listening that I I care so much about this but it it is because like I I like magical creature folklore creature stories and like this is so close to being something to being something I'm like hell yeah you got to you got to like harpy or succubus or whatever in there and but no it's just kind of whoopsie you know Yeah I I'm having like a, a like small crisis about these books right now um that i might need you to talk me through okay and it's like when we first started this series i thought that i was just gonna have a lot of hot takes you know mm -hmm. and i'm afraid that my takes are all just gonna be really lukewarm because i feel like these books are just like kind of sterilized nothing books that are just like recycled like moralizing lessons that we've seen one million times before nothing uh, in these feels groundbreaking to me i have two answers for you okay here. first answer 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think partially it might feel that way because these books were so foundational to like all of the pop culture we consumed around them for decades now. That That's fair. Of course, it doesn't feel groundbreaking or um, hot take worthy because it like this is this is the permaculture, right? Like this this is yeah this is this is western pop culture that like this is the tome this was this is like star wars for the few decades before harry potter has like like irreversibly shaped uh like how we engage with fantasy fiction yeah that's that's my first answer that's my Uh first answer okay my second answer is um you absolutely will have hot takes because we are coming up on three fucking books with Snape in them. Oh God, you're right. That is where all my hot takes are. You, 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 you your takes are just backloaded. We are going to get into Order of the Phoenix and Half Blood Prince, and you are going to be on fucking fire. Damn, that's really true. You're right. I had a, I had kind of a dark moment just now where I'm like, uh-huh. I'm just like, I'm just like, of course, of course, the fucking Vila are just like a boring moralizing purity lesson. Like, what do I have to say about that? But you're right. It is all backloaded on Snape. <laughs> you, you don't worry. Your your time will come. Your 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 takes will fly free. Uh, yeah. Uh, Thank so you. I, that, that was yeah. a morale booster for me. Um, Absolutely. Anytime. Which I really needed because our next thing we have to talk about is Hagrid liking slavery. <laughs> God. Yeah. Um, the. So I am in in a vacuum in a perfect version of this story where it is actually a like fraught uncomfortable examination of people just accepting slave labor um i am okay with hagrid's disposition here however the fact that we are supposed to we we know that hagrid is right makes what he says monstrous (laughs) um because what he says in response to hermione pointing out that dobby uh you know wanted and and got freedom is well there's weirdos in every breed thank you hagrid which one like we are so there's there there are so many ways to read this because one it, there it's the it's the ironic he he joke that like hagrid doesn't know he's the weirdo um <sighs> uh you know if <laughs> yeah. you think yeah if you think about it hagrid's a weirdo but also that is so just like Ron's arguments last week, <laughs> it is so close to like real awful comments on race in the real world. <laughs> like it is, it is harrowing. It is awful. It is, yeah. it is like made uh, almost, almost doubly bad because this to me, like that his explanation is the clearest Hagrid, like, moving stage left to tell the audience what is correct like it is uh-huh. a like a haggard looking and and giving you like this is the canonically correct answer <laughs> yes made all the worse by the cherry on top of his word choice being breed 
Ouch. Like he's talking about like horses or something, or like like talking about sapient beings like chattel. It is ugh, yuck. Yeah. Uh I am you know, this this funny thing happens as we're reading these books that kind of make me feel like I'm being watched because I always go on the subreddit and uh, I presume it's, it's like confirmation bias. And also the fact that people are talking on the Harry Potter subreddit about the same subjects over and over and over again. Right. <laughs> and it's, it's also like a Reddit problem, right? It's like, uh-huh. it's the, it's the impossible to have an unpopular opinion because of the, like the way that Reddit works, right? Like, mm-hmm. like the, the visible things are just like, the same comments that everyone likes and recycle over and over and over again. But I like this week, like I read these chapters and then I went onto the subreddit. And of course, like they're talking about like fucking house elf slavery because there's a like photo of a book that someone posted. And it was like, it was like the line where Hermione tells Ron that he's like a part of the problem and he's upholding unjust systems. That's not exactly what she says, but like, that's the like, Uh, the gist of it and it's like Mm -hmm. underlined and the subject line is like woke Hermione is the best Hermione and then I just see the same fucking responses in in the in the uh replies that are just like people be like yeah but she's wrong though because of the canon because because Uh of what Hagrid says like canonical like and it's just the same conversation and I just don't (laughs) (sighs) we 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 get to have Whenever the spew chapter is uh, the dedicated chapter, we get to have that conversation in great detail because of that Pottermore article that like makes the same argument. Um, uh, yeah, but, like in... from a canon perspective by the canon defining website. Um, it's so that's fucked a lot up. of fun. It's yeah. that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and this sucks too because otherwise I kind of like this scene. Um, I like. I like uh, Hagrid's doofy attempt to like woo Madame Maxime and specifically that he like says he's going to walk up to the castle with them and then sees her and just sort of like waddles off to like meet up with her. I <laughs> thought that was very funny. Yeah. Um, like there's some good stuff in, in this. It's just like his his like you say, like he he is turning to the camera and like being correct for the sake of the story about how house elves work. Uh, yeah, it's gross. I sure hope Dobby shows up in Fantastic Beasts. Oh, he better. He fucking better. Uh, listen to our spoiler cast. Uh, if you if you are not subscribed to our Patreon, you can find us talking all about Fantastic Beasts and Dobby and, and, and motorcycles. Uh, all I, all uh, I'm saying is we don't know how old Dobby is, so he can yeah. show up at, at literally any moment in these uh-huh. movies. Uh-huh. I, I agree, and, and in fact, I demand that Dobby could, show up in the Fantastic Beasts. He could even Beast. be like a baby. They could have baby Dobby Baby in, Dobby? Oh, <laughs> in Fantastic no. Beasts. Like oh, shit. <laughs> baby dobby oh my god okay because baby nifflers were like a huge thing for the marketing of Uh this movie and next one i'm calling for baby dobby baby dobby baby Dobby. we're we're gonna reveal baby dobby that's gonna be the big because like the big trailer reveal like halfway through the marketing of this one was the nagini thing no Mm -hmm. next time i want to see baby dobby (laughs) show us the baby Dobby. 
I'm sorry to, to derail our no, our I agree. Goblet of fire discussion. I agree. Um, so yeah, so there's, those are the, that's the, the weird, uh, crush related bookends of this chapter. I do want to talk just a little bit about the champion selection Yeah, because we have like plot stuff, right? Like, I guess, Mm -hmm. like we have the two big other things and then like the plot does happen in this, Mm -hmm. in this chapter also, uh, Mm -hmm. where we get, we get the champions. Yeah. Uh, first of all, the the lead up to the champion selection stuff. I know that this is not like malicious or whatever, but it is such a a, like unfortunate bummer that like, this is where we get confirmation that like Angelina Johnson is black. We have the third black Hogwarts student here uh, just to not be the champion and have two white guys be the champion instead and for everyone to make comments about how, oh, well, if it, uh, you know, as long as if if it wasn't me, at least it's you guys like, hmm, OK, was it or, or I guess not Dean Thomas, but Lee Jordan also tries to enter, correct? Yep. Yeah, but Lee Jordan or Lee Jordan tries to do the same thing that uh, Fred, Fred and George, George do, do, but they go yeah. in first. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so so that's just like I said, I know it's not like intentional. I know it's it's it, but it's it's just like a oopsie daisy like. No, like, yeah. Um, my my other, I know we talked about this at length before, so I'll keep it short. But uh, Angelina Johnson, um, being described like as she as she enters the screen as a, uh, I think tall black girl, um, it is just like more like like Hermione was never black in these books. Like well, this is the white <laughs> is the default yes. moment where it's like, yeah, that's yes. how these books were written. I know we talked about that, and and in the like J.K. Rowling taking credit for like head cannons basically it's just like yes it's very yeah. obvious yeah it's silly um i do like fred and george's plan uh backfiring on them and dumbledore seeing i thought that was pretty funny yeah uh, I, I will say that scene i just had the clearest picture of like the end of like an original trek episode where they're all like standing around laughing like it it yeah. really like hit that weird story beat yeah. where it's like end of episode every like someone says a joke freeze and everybody frame. laughs yeah freeze frame and and then like roll credits absolutely uh <laughs> but it is cute it is, it's a funny moment um yeah. and uh i will say that the end of this chapter where it, like where it just ends with harry harry's name being read is the closest this book has come to the best chapter endings that the previous books have where they where <laughs> where it feels like the end of a tv episode or something yeah i i was definitely torn between like uh, I mean, obviously, I knew Harry Potter was going to be in the tournament, but it was like, it's definitely like, right. oh, shit moment. But at the same time, it's also extremely funny. It <laughs> hit a weird comedic thing for me. And the next chapter does, too. Yeah, um, I, I guess the, the one other thing I, I want to say here. Uh, this is just a, a real minor detail. Um, this is I'm really curious to watch the film now. Because mm-hmm. there's another detail here that is like completely minor, but like, um, uh, I mean, next chapter we get the like, did you put your name in the goblet of fire thing? But like, yeah. Also, the goblet is very purposefully described as being like very unassuming. Here. Oh yeah, I noticed that too. It's it's like not supposed to be like a fancy crazy 
yeah it's, ob- it's a, like, obviously magical medieval object, wooden right? goblet yeah it's uh um and then the movie of course it's like a big lavish silver chalice type thing um and then yeah i'm just curious how it's to, the title to see of that the movie. movie so they had they had to make yeah. it look look cool and magical that's true but yeah, I, I'm, I'm just much more to see, into like, it being like plain and yeah just it's very cool magical. i like that a lot yeah i i like unassuming artifacts in in stories it's it's a neat thing i think i mean <laughs> it just makes me think of like the end of the last crusade right like like <laughs> yeah. like of course the of course the real the real uh holy grail is the is the least the least fancy one duh um yeah. but yeah it's it's a it's a cute thing I, I i'm curious to see how the movie because it, it, i mean it could end up working in the t- context of the movie right i have no idea how much they change um but it is just something that looked out at me there but yeah uh that's kind of all i have to say on this chapter i have one more thing oh yeah go for it <laughs> do, you, do you remember chamber of secrets we read it a little while I tr- back i try not to but you know I <laughs> every do. time something comes up with I guess I can also this will be a good thought because it's going to segue us into the next chapter. Um, I cannot stop thinking as I read this of Arthur Weasley's insane line at the end of uh, Chamber of Secrets where he says, "Never trust anything where you can't see where it keeps its brain." <laughs> yeah, like already kind of a galaxy brain quote on its own. Um, <laughs> Like, like, or at least as something to like pass off as if it's like an old truism, you uh, know? Like, yeah, the classic, <laughs> the classic line that everyone knows that aphorism uh, that everyone learns from birth. Um, but yes, yeah, that is, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm okay with him also just being raw, like that being a dumb thing that he said. But I yeah. do, I do think of that that line often. Um, and with that, I will jump into yeah. chapter seventeen. Hell yeah. It is called The Four Champions. My summary here is very short. I feel like I'm going to leave off like important details because this is like a one scene chapter kind of. And so it's all Mm -hmm. like conversation. Uh, But I'll do my best. Harry is shocked that his name was called. So we get him walking up the Great Hall very slowly, numb, can't believe it, going into the room where the other champions are. And when he gets in, uh they're confused they think that like he's like a messenger or so they he has like he's just they sent him in to like tell them something or or whatever and he's just numb he doesn't even know what to say to them ludo bagman and mr crouch come into the room and bagman announces that harry is the fourth triwizard champion and everyone is mad i think that dumbledore is there at this point snape mcgonagall and then Bagman and Crouch and I don't know if Moody enters like halfway through the conversation. Um, oh, also Karkaroff and Madame Maxime because they are also extremely mad and say it's unfair and kind of insinuate that Dumbledore might have like rigged it. Like why is Hogwarts get two champions? And there's just kind of a lot of uproar. Um, Snape then offers his opinion, which is that Harry definitely entered the tournament on purpose, and he's always doing stuff to break the rules, and he's always out for glory. Um, Moody then steps in to say, like, no, someone's trying to kill him, uh, and they must have used a pretty strong confundus charm on the goblet to trick it into thinking there were four schools, and there was no way that Harry would be able to do that kind of advanced magic. Um, 
I think that's it for their argument because it like the conclusion of all of that is that he can't get out of it. It's a binding magical contract. It's reiterated many, many times throughout this chapter that once the goblet has selected you, you're magically compelled and bound to compete in the tournament. So he has to compete. It's then that it's time to say like what they're going to do for the first task or like give them their next instructions. And the first task is going to be about courage. So they don't get to know what the task is and it'll, you know, test their ability to adapt and, and think on their feet, et cetera, et cetera. It, it's also said that they'll be um, exempt from end of year exams because the, the tournament is so difficult. Uh, it's time to leave. So everyone kind of goes, goes back to, uh, their dorms and the and Fleur and Crumb go back to the carriage and the and the boat or whatever. Um, and Harry kind of walks back to the dorm, but he he walks with Cedric, who asks like, "Come on, how how did you enter?" Harry says like, "Again, I didn't. Um, I did not enter the go- the the goblet or didn't put my name in." And he can tell that Cedric doesn't believe him, but Cedric is being like kind of polite. He gets to Gryffindor Tower. Everyone is having a big party. They're so excited that he's in the tournament. They ask him how he did it. He tries to say, I didn't do it. And he isn't very enthusiastic, but no one cares. And they're just like really excited. Ron and Hermione aren't there. Harry finally breaks free of the party. He goes up to the dorm where Ron is waiting. And Ron is upset because Ron thinks that Harry uh, entered, entered the tournament and purposefully excluded him and mentions when Harry... Uh, said that he would have done it at night when no one was watching and thinks that he's a big jerk. And that's the end of the chapter. This scene in the room, like in the like waiting room is so fucking funny. (laughs) Uh, It is like in a good way, I think, but also (laughs) there's an element of like, this feels like the CYA chapter where jk knew that this was like the most tenuous plot possible and like had (laughs) four characters reiterate that like oh no you can't say no it's a binding magical contract you have to dig you have to compete in the tournament now this um is so close to a joke about an anime protagonist that any chapter could be (laughs) yeah yeah exactly or or like the like the JRPG thing of like like oh like like will will you hero will you will you save will you rescue my daughter and you go no and they're like well <laughs> that that doesn't advance the plot you have to yeah i i would say that this approaches a letter, level of absurdity that is almost like it's hard not to read it as satire almost uh-huh uh, and I think it it might be self-aware and it honestly does work for me pretty well. I think that I actually laughed out loud when Ludo Bagman comes in and says, well, I can't believe this, but I have to announce the fourth Triwizard Champion. Yeah. <laughs> Even just yeah. on its face, it being called a tri- the Triwiz- the Three Wizard Tournament is so <laughs> fucking funny to me. It's only It can only be named that for this twist to happen eventually right Right? it's so it is so funny um yeah it is it is it is ridiculous from every angle i I think you're right i think it is self-aware um i mean one of the characters even says is this a joke right yeah and 
yeah the the read on this scene i had was that this was like a a almost like a intentional and good version of the chamber of secrets uh hagrid shack scene (laughs) uh, where everyone's like walking in and providing just like exactly the um amount of information they need to and like this feels like that but on purpose like ludo bagman coming in and announcing everything and like everyone pointing fingers at dumbledore and (laughs) snape having like snape is there snape is there for some reason and he and he's there to like say a very snapey thing you know he's there for the drama he's oh. like he's like fucking drama alert in there i'm getting i'm getting yeah. in on that do you think he ran there with like the same <laughs> gusto that he ran to the teacher's lounge absolutely and, and every student in the great hall witnessed it as he yeah dashed, like, he's, he yeah. dashed in like i gotta get in on this <laughs> he's like oh shit i have some World shit to star. say <laughs> drama alert snape um <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, Snape is there to, like, say a Snape opinion. McGonagall is there to, like, uh, <laughs> it's, it's just one of those things that I I think also, like, lends uh, credit to the fact that this might be, like, an intentional joke about, like, about these characters, even because we know that McGonagall's right, but what she says sounds ridiculous. Like, like, well, all of the evidence points directly towards Harry, but if he says he didn't do it, well, like, gosh darn it, I believe him, you know? God, why? <laughs> yeah, why? <laughs> like, why Why would she? Uh, yeah, I, I really like this scene. It's very, fu- it's even funnier now to me revisiting it. Um, the thing that I did not pick up on uh, as a child revisiting this book that i only did this time is that moody telling how he did it is very funny in this scene that is all like right that is just another layer on top of this that makes it so funny is that like like i mean it's good it's pretty creepy in retrospect but like he is also just monologuing how he did the crime yeah uh, which is fantastic and, and, and very very funny and I don't really know what that says for that character. Like, like, uh, you know, he's going to turn into David Tennant. Um, but like, is this a character that like couldn't resist? Like he just like, it's, it's, is he gloating? Like, it's very interesting to me. Yeah. 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 I, 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 I would, it's almost both, right? Like I, it's probably believable for Mad-Eye Moody to have a completely crackpot theory as to how mm-hmm. it happened and also it being true and real uh and and kind of a brag uh weird weird flex but okay um uh i i think that's probably it's kind of, kind of both right yeah um can i also say that um and i know i've talked about fantastic beasts probably more than I need to during these chapter discussions. Um, <laughs> but I know that like a huge draw of the Fantastic Beasts movie that people are always like talking about or or saying is that it's really cool to see like adult wizards doing adult magic. And can I just mm-hmm. say that I'm like way more interested in like Moody's like advanced confundus charm to like fuck up a like centuries <laughs> old goblet into yeah. thinking that there are four schools for the three wizard tournament that I am like a bunch of like wizard cops shooting lasers out of their wands. This this is the thing that makes me almost side with the people who are like, I want like an or CSI 
thing. <laughs> yeah. Which could be fucking cool, honestly. But I don't think that the rules of Harry Potter magic are rigid enough for that to really work. No, yeah. Y- yeah, um, you would need there to be rules to make a mystery interesting yeah. in that way. Yeah, but it but but I but I almost see it, right? Like like it's 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 it's, it's close. It's possible. Yeah, yeah, it's close. It's almost there. Um and I like I like Cedric's like polite like okay, sure. Like Yeah, uh, he's like a little put out and like trying but trying to be like kind of cheerful and polite, but doesn't but it's like kind of suspicious. I did like that. Um something I didn't talk about in the previous chapter that I completely forgot about is the weird um, switch of public perception and uh, that Cedric is like a pretty boy, like a dumbass <laughs> pretty boy. It just came yeah. out of nowhere. And and we had a Cedric characterization in book three where I felt like his, his whole thing was like, he's a stand up guy. Like everybody likes him. He, yeah, like, like he does even like though the he's on the other thing. team. Yeah. yeah. And it's yeah, like, like everyone no he's so good that like no one can really find fault fault with him. Right. Uh, and, and like it made this weird switch in the last couple of chapters, which I have to assume is supposed to uh add like some texture of like house rivalry and like build tension for the goblet reveal before we knew Harry was gonna be in it. Um because otherwise there's no tension there. Um, yeah. But it was just an odd, like, oh, everyone thinks he's a pretty boy I th- now. I think that the turning... The problem is that we don't get anything in between these two points, but I, I would imagine that the the main thing is that people are sore that Hufflepuff actually won the Quidditch World Cup... Or not World Cup, but, but the House Cup, yeah. right? Like, the, the Quidditch House Cup, like... They didn't, though. Um, they won one game. I thought they won the Gryffindor whole... Gryffindor won the whole thing. Sh- in Azkaban, yeah, the, the, they won the House Cup, but the but the Quidditch. I I thought that no, I thought Gryffindor, it was the championship. No, Gryffindor wins the. I'm look. I'm gonna look it up because I am not. Oh, 100%. of course, yes, because it's Oliver's last year. They do. Yeah, they, yeah, they do end up winning it. Okay, okay, so okay, never mind then. I in that case, I have no idea why they why they still hate him so much. Like maybe they're mad uh, that they lost that game, but that seems a little bit extreme. <laughs> That seems a little extreme if you won. Um, and also, and also, in those terms, like Harry was not mad at that time, and I don't think any. Yeah. Like, I think maybe Oliver Wood was just, but that was like part of his character is that he was like crazed yeah. for Quidditch. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Yeah. You're right. So okay. In that case, I have no, I have no answer to as, as to why, why, why it shifted. Because yeah, Cedric in in three was like he was almost too nice right like he he yeah he was he was a perfect which would gentleman. be interesting i would love if he was like too nice and that made people not like him because i think i think that that's yeah. like definitely a thing um yeah totally but no it just kind of it just kind of changes it and it feels like a last minute change to add tension to the champion select which like it's a, it's a pretty nitpicky thing but it is odd I'm sorry, you said champion select, and my brain just you automatically. Hear the, the League of Legends champion select I, uh-huh. sound. Cute, I sure did. I was, I, yeah. The, yep, I, <laughs> Maybe the Goblet like of Fire pav- makes those sounds. <laughs> oh, that would be so fucking good. There's got to be an edit of the movie with the with the yeah, uh, what, the League Q. Yeah, watch it Cedric walk in as. Yeah. Uh, um, let me think let me think cedric would he's play a 
no, he, maybe. Yeah, I guess it's like justice or whatever. No one wants to hear us talk about League of Legends. Maybe in our League of Legends <laughs> podcast. Uh, Hell yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, I, I, I like, I do like this moment with between him and Harry. It reminds me of the one great line from their interactions in the Firebolt chapter where, <laughs> what is it, where it's like, you know, Cedric came over to congratulate Harry on finding such a good replacement for <laughs> Nimbus 2000, which yeah. I choose to read sort of snarkily. Um, I, think, I think that's a good but, uh, reading. Uh, but yeah, this is, it's a good moment. And uh, the, the, the Ron moment here, as shitty a character as Ron has been, in this book so far this is the one good moment he's had so far i think yeah i was good i think that i would have loved this probably would be my favorite moment in this book so far if ron just hadn't completely changed his character for this book (laughs) yes yeah no kidding um this is this is like a really like like as opposed to the very like jokey nature of the misunderstanding in the, the <laughs> like waiting room this being this kind of hitting home as like the the like the real consequence is really good um uh ron it, it's difficult to talk about because i know that like the problem that I'm like staring down the barrel of here is that I know that the Ron being jealous of Harry thing gets dragged out for like four more books. Um, and that is definitely, that definitely gets boring, but here I think it works because it's, it's, it's not him just being jealous for the sake of it. This is him realizing or thinking he's, you know, to him, he's, he thinks he's realizing that Harry doesn't, not not only is like Harry like the famous you know his famous friend his rich friend but like also Harry doesn't think of him, uh, yeah, and that's a really devastating yeah. moment honestly. Yeah, although does Harry <laughs> like like yeah, it's very again, funny because it's yeah. like it is a devastating moment, but I'm like damn like what's Harry's deal? Like we get <laughs> we get some emotion from him when he like gets selected and he can't believe it. I think that's like a pretty relatable moment for him where he's like numb and like is in shock and has to walk up and everyone's looking at him, all of that. But I like, we don't ever get anything from him about how he feels about his friends or if he thinks about Ron or if he buys Ron a Christmas present or that's any of that. That's what I was going to say. He's never bought Ron a fucking Christmas. Although, okay, actually, you know what? I'm being unfair here. He did buy him the, in this, this book they do they do an okay job of yes. of sort of papering over that because there is the scene where he buys him the the expensive binoculars yeah. yes so that that is at least a nice moment between them it's one of those things where i guess you just sort of have to read it as like like implied off camera stuff right like it's just that the book yeah, itself is like, a bad yeah. job of of making Harry feel like he values his friends, especially because this book begins with him fantasizing about how dumb they are. <laughs> We're just back to Harry being like a stand-in for us, I think. Like I think Harry yes. was characterized pretty well in book three, and it's just like back to Harry being the like silent video game protagonist a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah this this is the moment that is like devastating like a visual novel when the person you've been trying to date or whatever says this to you but like you can't you can't respond because you're not a 
your video game character and all you can do is walk around and click things yeah you know, like yeah and it's like yeah in that context it works because it's like oh yeah that would be sad if it happened yeah. to me but like mm-hmm. harry doesn't seem to have any of his own like thoughts or feelings outside of like very like necessary ones i suppose well specifically let's talk about this segment i think it's in like in the lead up to him walking up the stairs to talk to ron uh where he sort of lists all of the questions about the plot to himself with increasing (laughs) numbers of points of ellipsis that's very visual novel also yeah it is it really is um he just sort of like lists out like all the things that are happening in the plot as questions. A visual novel uh, like adaptation you. of Harry Potter would be great. Oh, can we? Get, there's that Umineko Kickstarter going up. Can we get? Can we get uh, that guy to to like make a Harry Potter visual novel? I'd Sell rather him Harry make Potter any, rights. I'd, I'd rather him make anything else. <laughs> Umanoko characters in Harry Potter. That's all I'm saying. I agree. I I, I yeah. have to agree with that. But yes, the 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 scene is I, it's it's weird. Like it, 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 the scene is good, but it's also good because I think it touches such a raw nerve that it like it it works because it does that. And like if you think too much about it and like how it actually relates to these characters, like in the text, it maybe doesn't carry the weight it needs to. Mm-hmm. but it is good like it is I, I i like like it is a it is kind of a gut punch um and i i feel for ron in this moment and uh and harry for god's sake th- think about your friend's feelings more you know send him a send him a text message or 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 write him an owl or buy them a christmas present sometime you know cell phones don't work at hogwarts so what's he's suppo- what's a what's a boy wizard supposed to do <laughs> well i think that's all i have for this chapter yeah i'm just looking over my notes here but i think that i'm uh i'm pretty good i, I like the i like the plot stuff to be honest i think i like the triwizard tournament it's so silly uh yes it is, it is stupid in a really fun way yeah um it's an interesting um like contrast to the darker stuff that we saw at the beginning of this book it's i i cannot believe let me let me check my page number here i did not remember that we would be on page 287 (laughs) and the first task hasn't happened and will not happen for another chapter also not even halfway through the book also that you're right so (laughs) some interesting structural things in this book i'll say yeah 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 we took a long ass time to get to hogwarts and now we're taking our sweet time getting the triwizard tournament but there we we will be getting to some cool dragons soon yeah thank god Uh, kind of a dragon redemption um i will say that like there was a reference to the Norbert chapter in the chapter on in chapter 16 this week. Um, so I'm hoping that uh, we're going to get some dragon redemption coming up soon. 
I forgot about Matt. I don't <laughs> like it because it's it it means that the way he felt about like ma- like paternally or maternally or whatever about this like, dragon. Yeah, what is... the fuck? I understand. I understand what it is from Harry's perspective and the perspective of a kid. It's like he cares about Madame Maxime as much as he cared about Norbert, but it definitely is a weird comparison to draw. <laughs> yeah. Yes. All right. Well, that's that's me for this chapter. Yeah, I, I think me too. But um, I think after our break, we'll uh, uh, take take a take a trip to Reddit. Um, Hell uh, yes! So that's always fun since I f- feel like they're watching or, or listening to us, and and we're we have to answer the call once again. We have to answer those damn questions. <laughs> you said you were gonna do a news sound and or news noise and i wasn't sure what it was going to be i'm i'm pleasantly surprised though i liked that a lot that's that's the news sound um because because while we were recording our last segment the reviews for the fantastic beasts the crimes of grindelwald film rolled in they're hot off the press hot off the press um and they are okay (laughs) they're not what i was expecting honestly like Mm, it's a 10 out of 10 (laughs) 10 out of 10 best best new new classic movie best new movie yeah i i was expecting just kind of like kind of middling down the like down the road reviews all across the board the overall like i don't know if anyone cares about like the the rotten tomatoes like the metacritic score but like i was kind of expecting um like a 70 you know like 7 out of 10 like just middling completely sure uh these are some choice headlines (laughs) in these reviews uh Real magic is in short supply in this cluttered expansion of the Harry Potter franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spicy. Uh, Fantastic Beast: The Crimes of Grindelwald review. Lots of magic, but no like magic. I'll trade you this Niffler for one real character. Mm, this is tasty. That's that's birth death movies. Uh, Io Nine says Fantastic Beast: The Crimes of Grindelwald is criminally underbaked. These are so fucking good, by the way. I'm uh, kudos to whoever is coming up with these. Um, <laughs> the, these. Uh, this is the one that interests me the most. Is is this one here? It is the gravest case of prequelitis since the Phantom Menace. I know uh, there's been I know there's been talk about about J.K. Rowling going through through her uh, George Lucas phase at this uh-huh. point, uh, which interests me a lot. So I I can't wait to dive into that one. Holy shit! Do the the first line of this review is like this is just. Like straight for the movie. The biggest <laughs> riddle in Fantastic Beasts: The Crimes of Grindelwald is working out what on earth the film is actually about. Well, you have to watch it a few times, people. <laughs> wow, uh, I can't wait to watch this movie. I'm so excited. I yeah. Now, if you tell me that something is like The Phantom Menace, I'm I'm so excited. Yeah. Well, don't get your hopes up too high. 
no no like not like nothing nothing will ever be that funny again honestly <laughs> but but what if what if we get a movie as funny as the phantom menace i, I feel like it would have to be funny but only 10 years later like i think it's just gonna be sad i'm a little <laughs> sad now yeah um yeah wow i'm, I'm just scrolling through these an excruciating bore just barely enlivened by stray glimpses of hogwarts a flicker of gay romance and a menagerie of computer generated creepy crawlies fantastic beasts the crimes of grindelwald is enough to make jk rowling fans weep in frustration provided they can even keep their eyes open i'm gonna fall asleep during this movie no you're not i'm gonna keep on leaning over to you and saying that's (laughs) that's grindelwald (laughs) that's grindelwald that's i thought you were gonna say that's a fantastic beast yeah, what a fantastic well no I, i'm counting on you to also say that i need i need help with that one because there, there are gonna be way too many fantastic beasts to for one person to count i just i just like to say um if jk rowling is listening to this and feeling a little um a little down in the dumps about the bad reviews uh for her new movie uh might i uh offer baby dobby as a good like (laughs) (laughs) the way to win the people back (laughs) oh god please 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 (laughs) wow i'm so excited now um for baby dobby oh absolutely 100 Uh, (laughs) percent that's that's yes that's what i'm excited for uh i like this line in the guardian review uh Grindelwald absolutely rejects the idea of peaceful coexistence with muggles and insists that the only realistic way for wizards to realistic way for wizards to survive and thrive is to establish absolute dominance over the nomadges under his own tyrannical rule. And what if his crimes, these it seems, may still be all in the future? I can't fucking we the movie's <laughs> called The Crimes of Grindelwald and we don't actually get to see like any of his like bad stuff, like him doing any villain shit. I can't wait. We don't Fuck. need we don't need to see him do any crimes. We just need one character to say these are the crimes of Grindelwald. Fuck. <laughs> oh, <sighs> this is good. This is so good. Well, I'm I'm now I my 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 vigor for this movie has been has been has been rekindled. I'm so on board now to go and see uh the the phantom menace but with but with wizards yeah i don't know if i can agree with you on that one i <laughs> I'm, I'm probably being too optimistic i'm just like i'm hoping and praying that this is fun bad right i just i like i can't even t- i'm like I, I i don't know if it's like better to hope that it's gonna be more or less like the phantom menace that's such a weird <laughs> yeah. weird one to try to uh to push that toward or against um but i guess we'll see we'll see what if wait you know from the trailer when Crindlewald is um on that like spooky carriage ride and it's oh, like oh yeah yeah, yeah. like by the thestrals is that pod racing <laughs> that, is, that <laughs> from, is that footage from a race is- <laughs> Grindelwald, he always wins <laughs> is it going oh. to be as racist as as the phantom menace oh 100 percent yeah actually you know what it probably will be <laughs> <sighs> don't forget okay. nagini who barely has a part we'll yeah see. that's we'll my see. spoiler that's my that's my main episode spoiler right there <laughs> no spoiler warnings for that no spoiler warnings none at all 
They take no prisoners. We're telling it like it is here on the Shrieking Shack. Damn, that's true. So uh, in honor of us telling it like it is, is it time to go to Reddit? Mwah, thank you so much for picking up what I was putting down there. I wasn't yeah, no sure problem. about that one. I was like, is that not good? Is, am, I, am, I, am I not doing enough of a lead there? But mwah, thank oh, no. you. Oh, no. Easy. That was Chef, an easy one. Chef's kiss. Yes. <laughs> uh, so today we're answering Reddit's burning questions. Uh, today about the Triwizard Tournament. Uh, Hell you can, fucking yeah. You can bet your ass they've got questions about, about the Three Wizard Tournament. Um, so I'll kick us off with uh, one that was is actually posted from two months ago, I think during discussion week. Oh. Um, this is this is from Mr. Foreman. Why do people compare the Triwizard Tournament to the Hunger Games when they're nothing alike? The Triwizards <laughs> Tournament, while still dangerous, are meant to be fun, and they don't want the contestants to die, while the Hunger Games' whole reason to exist is to kill kids and instill fear. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know anything about the Hunger Games, uh, so... So I, I don't have like a whole lot for this. I've never heard anyone compare the Triwizard Tournament to the Hunger Games. Yeah, this seems kind of like a false premise. I guess they are both games, quote unquote. Um, people have died in the Triwizard Tournament in the past or whatever. Um, but aside from the fact that I guess they are both tasks that must be completed, um, I don't really see the connection there. I'm, yeah. I'm, on, I'm on Mr. Foreman's side here, honestly. Yeah. Um, somebody says, uh, somebody helpful in the responses says, while the purpose is different, they both involve individual kids competing for the glory of their faction. They also both done with people watching. That said, they have a lot of things that make them dissimilar. One is to the death. One is for fun, etc. <laughs> <laughs> it's Et kind of like it's kind of like how american football and rugby are superficial similar but not <laughs> oh no way oh come on <laughs> but not really anything alike when you look at the details oh my god the differences are so subtle but many <laughs> ah. uh you see in american football they compete to die i guess they do but in rugby you do too but yeah, I, I don't see. I don't quite see the difference there. Um, I look forward to when we get around to reading the Hunger Games. Um, Hell yeah! Because I, I really don't. I have a very a tenuous grasp on what goes on uh, in those those books, movies. I know that there's an island, and Josh Hutchison is there. Oh yeah, who could forget? Um, are you ready for our next question? Absolutely, lay it on me. This was submitted four months ago. I think also during a discussion week. Um, and this is submitted by Legolas0170. Ooh. If the Triwizard Tournament was not rigged and Harry was not in the tournament, who would win? I actually like this question. Do we know... I, I hate to put on my serious hat here on the second question. Do we know how to what extent the rest of it was really rigged? I know that the last challenge is, obviously. But... Well, it's kind of like they all cheat, right? Because they all end up finding out that there are dragons for the first task. Yeah. Uh, I think that the most, like, rigged was that Moody told them how to figure, or at least got the information to them about how to figure out the egg clue. Because I think that he told Harry and then Harry told Cedric. Or the other way yeah. around. Yeah. Um, 
And I guess like 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 Moody gave Neville the book that talked about Gillyweed, but that's really tenuous whether that's cheating or not. Honestly, um, yeah, uh, yeah. I like Harry, definitely not. I think um, he is a small baby boy. Uh, yeah, and 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 he if 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 no one was looking out for him to rig it, he would have been destroyed probably. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably like here's the thing: this this bo- whole book has sort of like been establishing that Crumb is not a good team player, but he's just mm-hmm. like a really he's like a hard carry. Um, <laughs> just just yeah. bring in some more league lingo yep, here. I liked it um but that it's also a a one versus one tournament so i think crumb would probably have the edge right like he seems like the most like like athletic and determined and like headstrong i would say yeah i i think i agree with that i think that this commenter uh chick 013 also makes a good point which is uh, Crumb would win because um, Madame Maxime and Karkaroff both cheat. Like that's how Fleur and um, oh right, of course. And, uh, Crumb like know what the tasks are and and figure it out. And Dumbledore would not have cheated. So like they probably would have gotten information. Yeah, and Crumb probably would have won. What if what if Fleur? used her feminine wiles to trick all the boys and win that would does she ever does she do that though i mean i I know she doesn't win but i don't remember (sighs) i don't i don't remember if it ever comes up i uh, maybe not she can throw fire but why can't she like throw some fucking fireballs around is she not ready to turn into a bird monster and just like and like set that maze on fire hell yeah or fly over the hedges and just find the, the, the cup? That would be badass. She could, like, yeah. fight a dragon, fire versus fire. Wasted character. Wasted character, I'm going to say. I'm just looking at the most downvoted comment on this thread. It <laughs> says, sorry, but dumb question. It would clearly have been Cedric. I mean, for heaven's sake, he almost won anyway if he didn't go and die. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yep. if it wasn't for the pesky matter of him dying. Yeah, that, that can really uh, get in the way of winning the Triwizard Tournament. Yeah, that, oops. Close but no cigar on that one, probably. Our next one is going to be a little bit of a creative one. Um, Ooh. Because it's, if you were in charge of arranging a Triwizard Tournament, what would your three tasks be? I'm going to say we should only come up with one task, because that's that's like a we- whole... Yeah, because we did own. we did our Hurtwood tasks, didn't we? Uh, yeah, those, we did. Those were beautiful. Um, yeah, I'm more curious to to find out. Let's since we we have ours out there, I propose that we read some of the top Reddit ones and oh, judge them. That's great because the the second one is the funniest thing. <laughs> just just for the first line, are you ready for this? <laughs> Give it to for, me. Lay it on me. First task figure out the what the next two tasks are no hints <laughs> <laughs> oh i'm dying what is it what <laughs> have you ever had a dream where you can had what had you do what had 
Ah, I like that. There's, a, there's only two responses. There's like one like serious response, and then there's there's this one, which is the figure out what the next two tasks are. No hints. Um, and also, I think that the other ones are also jokes, although I'm not really sure what kind of joke, because the second task is mow the grass on the entire Hogwarts grounds with no magic, and the third task become best friends with the Dursleys. Damn, got him. Wait. Become best friends with the Dursleys after telling them you're a witch or wizard, then duel Lord Voldemort in a graveyard full of Death Eaters and live. Okay. It's really, it's nice of, it's nice of Voldemort to volunteer. First part, almost on board with. Second part, uh, does that mean, that sounds like a task on its own, I think. Um, (laughs) uh, Also, that one about mowing the lawn actually makes an interesting point. I almost... I want to know if there's, like, any tournaments or sports or whatever in the wizarding world where they're, like, explicitly not allowed to use magic. Like, do they have, like, normal athletic competitions where the goal is to, like, be the best without magic stuff? That could be kind of interesting. That would be interesting. You would think that they would. Um, I guess, like, Quidditch, like, they're not... I mean, they're, like, using magical objects, right? But, but yeah, not, but it, you're right. Like, I guess it is, spells. like, yeah, they're, like, doing, like, normal sports tactics and, like, athleticism, like, flying stuff. So, yeah, I guess I could see that. That that almost fits, yeah. It is interesting, though. Just um, wondering about, like a, like, a magic kickboxing tournament or something where there's, like, a judge on the side. He's like, all right, no, no magical kicks, please. Yeah, I mean, I think that this is, like, it, it hits on... <laughs> the wizarding world problem which is the same thing where i have a problem with wizard broadway because why would they not just go to regular broadway like if you're a wizard why would stories need to be different yeah for you you know yeah 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 totally um Um, like why would why would they not be into like football like there's no or or or, wouldn't they like be even more into it because it's like more foreign and exotic to them they're like yeah holy shit this story's about this right, sal- and, and like, the, the death of a salesman he doesn't he can't do any charms <laughs> on his customers holy shit well and like all we get about that stuff is like i think it was in this book that ron sees one of their dorm mates has has a like a soccer poster um oh yeah or, yeah or football uh, if you prefer um and is like i don't know how you have that because it doesn't move or whatever and it's like Ron, why wouldn't you like football? Yeah, it's, or uh, doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, and and also the idea that the the interesting idea, I guess, but like isn't really explored that like is magic still magical to wizards? Like, wouldn't because like wouldn't they see like a non moving picture and be like, what the f- what the fuck? How'd they do that yeah. or something like? You know? Yeah. Well, I guess that um, I guess that determines our our task that we're making is that just like they have to like do like they have to win at tennis or something. Yeah, they have to. Yeah, they have to. They have to play a round of normal golf or something. <laughs> That's the task. Uh, this is the the athlete task. Um, no, the other response on this is like very serious. Like, task two, scaling a mountain, no brooms, creatures that live up there will of course be included to make things trickier. Of course. Probably to reach something at the top. Or this could be a timed one like the lake. And on and on. So, we'll, we'll, we'll have a tennis tournament at ours. Hell yeah. Are you ready for your next question? Hit me. Why didn't JK name the fourth part 
Harry Potter and the Triwizard Tournament? I mean, I guess it's a fair question, but also, I think Goblet of Fire just sounds cool, right? And it does. Also, like the Philosopher's Stone didn't really play a huge part in Philosopher's Stone, but it's a cool like like Philosopher's Stone isn't called Harry Potter and the Magic Room underneath the castle where you have to go through and play chess. Like, Harry Potter and the and the and the two two faced teacher. Yeah, Harry Potter. Oh, that's a good one, actually. Harry Potter yeah, and the and the three headed dog. Yeah, like like the names aren't like drawn from the main obstacle ever. Really, they're drawn from like and in fact, apart from Prisoner of Azkaban and Order of the Phoenix, are they all like artifacts? Like Chamber of Secrets, I guess is kind of loosely an artifact. But then then there's. I feel like There's... the Horcruxes are probably more important than the than Snape's old potions book. Not to me. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I guess he did write he did write sword spell in there. Yeah, he did write the most incredible spell in there. Um, but yeah, like like uh, Deathly Hallows are a MacGuffin. The, the Half Blood Prince is the book, the name of the thing he finds in the MacGuffin. Uh, the uh Goblet of Fire is just like a cool artifact. You could have called Chamber of Secrets the the Secret Diary or something. Like there's I, I think that's a naming convention that fits. Uh I, I will also give my other real answer, and it's that uh what is happening at Hogwarts is the entire mystery of the first act of the book. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, if it was named the Triwizard Tournament, and and yeah, I feel like even me as a little kid would probably be able to put that one together. <laughs> yeah, <sighs> don't don't spoil it in the title for sure. No. Um. Uh, my next one I have for you is uh, related to our current reading, which is why I've selected it. Hmm. What would have happened if Harry simply didn't compete in the Triwizard Tournament or through all of the challenges instead of competing? Uh, I kind of like the idea, like, 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 what if he just walked out in the first, uh, the first task and just like purposefully lost was like, well, just right. fuck me up, dragon. Like, like, go out there and just like be like Expelliarmus to the dragon. Like, oh, <laughs> shit, that didn't work. <laughs> but just like, like, I don't want to do this just to, like, like, because it's it says he has to compete. It doesn't say he has to. Like, it doesn't say like, he has do, to like try do well or try. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I could. I could. I mean, whatever. He has to do it for the sake of the story. I don't care that much. But it, but yeah, that the is, idea of him yeah. just like walking out and just being like uh hit me dragon kill me i don't want to do this ah, madam pomfrey fix my arm like that would be, that would be pretty good i think <laughs> in in the body of this uh post uh this person the departed 85 says i mean there is a magical binding contract and we know certain flavors of those sometimes result in a form of instant death when broken but is that really what happens if someone bows out of the tournament and a helpful replier just answered that question and said i would guess torture because magic is scary and torture is worse than death oh well thank you oh that would be okay that's the one thing that could have made that scene in the waiting room funnier is if <laughs> everyone like enthusiastically saying wow it's a magically binding contract is like and if you don't do it you die 
<laughs> uh, worse, actually, you get tortured. Oh, you oh you get tortured, right? Like just like that spider, you're gonna get crucioed if you don't. <laughs> Out of my hands. I'm sorry. It's the cup's fault. <sighs> okay. Uh, go base side tigers go asks Triwizard Tournament. Three seekers were competing, so why was Harry the only one who used his broom? Also, that's the first time I've thought that, like, yeah, this is three seekers in this tournament. Oh, I also did not think about that. You're that's right. That's really funny. Yeah. Huh. Um. Uh, Harry is the only one who uses his broom because he was in the room with Molly Weasley when she said when she said Asio 50 times and the book reminded us that that was what the summoning spell was called. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, Crumb and Cedric were not there for that. They were not there for that scene. They did not get the reminder from Molly Weasley what what Asio. Okay, this is a sidebar. Is it Asio or Accio? It's uh Jim uh, Dale says Asio. I think yeah. the movies say Accio, but I don't know for sure. It, sh- it here's I've always thought that it was Asio, probably because of the, um, the Jim Dale thing, right? But yeah. also the, I, I want to say that like if if it's pulling from Latin and stuff, shouldn't it be Accio, like two C's maybe? Probably. I, it seems like they kind of play fast and loose with the pronunciation, yeah. considering that Voldemort got changed and is French. And they did not seem to care. Okay, I actually just saw a good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give some credit to Reddit here. Okay. Uh, I saw someone say, "I've always pronounced it Accio like a choir," which I don't know if that's like actually the the. Oh. Like like the because I, I don't think that actually is like the, the the prefix there, but I I logically that makes sense to me. Sure. I'm going to say um, Asio until the end of time because uh, Jim, Jim Dale, Dale is a saint. Jim although Dale is a saint and everything he says goes. I don't say Voldemort. I used to because that's, mm. that's how Jim Dale says that. The movies made me say Voldemort for sure. Yeah. Um, and they just don't say Accio enough for me to care. And I also don't say Asio very often. <laughs> it's um, not something that comes up really. No. Except no, on this beautiful really. podcast. Yes. So I guess I'll have to think about that. Um, yeah. Reddit poster 05 has a bone to pick with the Triwizard Tournament. Ooh. So get ready for this. All right. The subject of this post is, I love Goblet of Fire, but the Triwizard Tournament doesn't make any sense. Okay. <laughs> Which is quite All the right. time. That's quite That's, the place mm, to draw the line, honestly. Yeah. The, the main thing in the book. There are a few things in the books I am willing to look over, and this is one of them. But why on earth would the organizers of the tournament have two tasks that were not spectator friendly? In the second and third task, all you get to watch is the beginning and then the person who gets back first. Not really great for spectators. I will say that JK had all the dates for the tasks on the weekends. Good attention to detail. Uh, I'm going to step out here and say I am 100% on board with this criticism. I almost am. 
Um, I, but here, here's my counterpoint. One, mm-hmm. nothing is spectator friendly in the wizarding world. True. I, I am, Quidditch I'm is already this. a fucking it's nightmare. Like, it's like absolutely like, like already garbage. And my other point is that I have all, my perception of the tasks have been much more of a showing up to watch a marathon than going to see a football game. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, I could see that. Because, um, like, they all know the competition, so it seems much more like watching someone you know cross the finish line mm-hmm. than it is a, like, I'm going to go watch a football game or whatever. Okay, I can I can buy that. I can see that. Well, um, I think this is, I, like, a pretty common criticism of the Triwizard Tournament. Yeah. So I've, been, I've been thinking about this one a lot. Yeah, I think that's a fair one. I just also think it's super funny that they... That with that in mind, they still go ahead and erect like big stadiums for it. Um, yes, that's true. I, I will I will see how they how it is in the book because I know that they like constructed it that way for the movies, but I don't really remember what the the structure was. Yeah, like, described as I guess. I I I here is my main complaint about it is that to me it feels very transparently designed to lampshade the plot hole of them disappearing when they touch the port key at the end so that like because if everyone if there were like people watching them like a spectator sport in that scenario everyone would know something was up immediately and try and figure out what was going on yeah Uh, and i and i think if i remember right in the book because it's a closed off maze thing no one finds out for a while like like until it's way too late I am going to point out one of the comments here um, because it proves uh, that me and Reddit do not read the same fan fictions. <laughs> I think most fan fictions include magical displays that show what each champion is doing. But yes, I agree. JKR should not organize spectator sporting events. Um, I have never, I have never encountered that in fan fiction. Ah, well, that's why I go to fan fiction for. <laughs> It's seeing, please seeing. fix the Triwizard Tournament fanfiction. Yeah, please fix the Triwizard Tournament for me, fanfiction. I'd like less character interaction, please. I just want more of the sports. <laughs> I I really can't like uh, the Triwizard Tournament is so silly. I feel like at any point where you're like, this is a bad spectator sport, is like kind of missing, uh, like the absurdity of the whole but, thing yes, to begin totally. with. Yeah, uh, but I, I don't know. We'll be able to talk about that more when we get to the tasks. I I think it almost might be that um, the movie draws attention to it more because the movies have like all, like the ridiculously huge like stadium seating around the lake and stuff for the movie for it, and like I think that really throws it into sharper relief than it should be viewed in, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually don't remember if if the books mentioned stands or anything for the second one. Um, uh, but yeah, it, it, like like it, the movies really lean into it being like a cool tournament and not like this insane arcane like ancient sport, right? Yeah, they kind of tie it in thematically to the the Quidditch World Cup as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I, th- I think that's fair. I, I I could see that for sure. I have a final question, and Woo-hoo. I think it's like kind of a jokey question. I mean, it, it definitely is. 
Uh, but I just I just decided to include it because I I know we love to talk about how um, the wizarding world interacts with and uh, makes no sense. Yes. Mm-hmm. Will Hogwarts be able to compete in the next Triwizard Tournament following Brexit? <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Um. God, here. Could you imagine <laughs> J.K. Rowling? writing a like political short story about what happens to hogwarts after brexit she's going to do it she's going to do it like she will absolutely when when slash if hard brexit happens who fucking knows at this point that that's all such a clusterfuck i i cannot wait for her to write some like charity short story on pottermore or something about the the, (laughs) the doom and gloom of uh, of like of of hogwarts post-brexit that would be insanely funny god this person says nothing the wizard world is separate from the muggle world and won't care what happens there most wizards won't even know what a eu is That's yeah. I mean, this this just kind of highlights how anytime you bring real world Muggle politics into Harry Potter, it like all like the whole screen starts vibrating and everything starts falling apart because yeah, it, it, it sure, just you, it sure you can't does. <laughs> you can't fucking do it. You can't. It doesn't. It doesn't work. It doesn't make any sense. Um, Cloak Owl says yes in the same way that we'll still be allowed to compete in Eurovision. Smiley face. <laughs> Will they be able? Is that the joke? I don't know. I don't know if we get to. That's stay in Eurovision. Eurovision owns. Think yeah. of, think of the songs. Think of the songs, Britain. Um, but yes, I I I I don't have a solid answer for this. All I can say is, God, it will be funny when J.K. decides to like write some sort of political allegory with Harry Potter characters to prove some sort of weird point, like. God, it just it just kills me too. Cause I, like I still like I get all up and confused when I try to think about like why why would there why do the Ministry of Magic like institutions like respect Muggle state lines? Like I don't I don't uh-huh. even understand that. So yeah, this 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 is when it when it's a when it's a cutesy fantasy story in the first couple books it literally doesn't matter right it's just kind of cute cute and funny uh the more political and like dark it gets the weirder that becomes and it it becomes more of a case of like could jk rowling not imagine a world where like borders aren't respected no, or something literally like, no or, or you know or, the answer or, to that and it's no <laughs> jk rowling like like you know she does a lot of charity work but she keeps on seeing the doctors without borders logo and like squinting at it going like huh what huh what does that mean um yeah she cannot she cannot envision a world that is not exactly outlined the way the muggle world politically is is outlined wizard broadway wizard broadway wizard broadway wizard england wizard united states Makuza. <laughs> so stupid. Wizard terrorism this clock. This beautiful world that she invented. It's exactly the same. the same as ours, but it's they can ex- shoot lasers out of the a stick. It's the same. 
I, I would like this if it, I was thinking about this a lot lately, that if this was a story about how everything would literally be the same, I could get behind that. Right. Like there's, there is such a powerful satirical vision of the Ministry of Magic pot, like, like the, you could squeeze out of this. That I love, right? Like, yeah. Like the, I, I, it's so close it's so close to being something like i don't know like the movie brazil or something where it's like where it's like intentionally like a a a criticism of like of like you know narrow-minded like centrist thinking or something where it's like like i cannot envision a a future that does not function the exact same way that the world currently functions, the economy currently functions, society currently functions. Um, but we know that that's not the case with Harry Potter because she is exactly that person. She, yeah. she actually cannot. She actually cannot uh, envision a world where society or uh, you know economy or whatever po- politics function, functions differently. She just kind of wants things to be normal. Yeah, so I'll be looking forward to her her latest short story about how sad Hogwarts is that they can't uh, compete in Brex in uh, the Twilight Wizard tournament because of Brexit. Oh, the 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 house elves! Oh, wait, you know, importing sausages is so much more <laughs> expensive now. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, well, that's all I've got from Reddit. Thank you, Reddit. Thank you, Reddit. Mm. I'm so, yeah. thank, thank you reddit question mark um i'm so glad that we got the reviews in here uh the the the, the movie sounds just awful and i can't wait um it'll it is not long until we see it for ourselves and have so much content uh related to that our theme song is hot mcgonagall by cheshire moon Oh my god, I want to spoil something right now, but I won't. Why I not? Really, I really Why not? Okay, if you, you have if to. You, okay, I said <laughs> it, I have to. Uh, if you are listening to this podcast and for some reason actually give a shit about Harry Potter spoilers, uh, turn just turn it off now, this is the end of the episode. Um, if not, <laughs> Hot McGonagall's real. They, <laughs> they, they fucking put Hot McGonagall in the new movie. She's there uh i can't they fucking fucked, believe they it they fucked their entire canon to put hot mcgonagall in fantastic <laughs> beast 2 the kinds yeah, of grindelwald uh in what is an incredible uh move on their part i'm, I'm so, so excited i'm so excited uh this movie is gonna be worth it just to see hot mcgonagall um and i'm convinced we're being watched we we are owed royalty checks <laughs> here's actually you know what no uh i am not greedy wb if you are listening to this, and I know you are because you put Hot McGonagall in <laughs> Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. If you are listening to this, you will invite us to either the VGAs or E3 this year, or E3 will be next year, but you will invite us to whatever event you were revealing that fucking Harry Potter Skyrim game at, and we will <sighs> get a hands-on presentation of the game. The Shrieking Shack demands this. This is in rec- this is recompense for taking the idea of Hot McGonagall from me. You will give us access to the Harry Potter Skyrim game. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, we knew this was a good old idea the whole time. I just would like to also say that I am greedy, and if you take Baby Dobby, uh, that's not free, folks. <laughs> uh, so 
just so you know. Okay, uh, yeah, first hit's free. You can take Kotmogonagall, <laughs> that's fine. But if you come for Baby Doppy, if you come for, uh, 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 what do we got? Um, Dr- Draco's family having a VCR that was that only plays Point Break. If you <laughs> if you come for Hurtwood House, if you come for Shipping Snape and Lockhart, uh, you you will be getting a letter from our lawyers but please send us to whatever video game event is is the reveal for this fucking video game so we can play it because we were right about it we predicted it uh and and we deserve recompense absolutely absolutely anyway hot mcgonagall by cheshire moon is our theme song check them out on Bandcamp and and toss something their way awesome yeah jesus toss <laughs> come something, on toss something toss something their way um uh you can subscribe to our patreon wb i know you've gotten the money for it and you can listen to all of our bonus content which has even more predictions that you could take ideas from if you're you know give us a lump sum on patreon like we we will accept it uh (laughs) for our for our, our writing ideas put us in the credits um and uh and 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 yeah get all that sweet bonus content from patreon wb if you're listening leave us a review on itunes why don't you <laughs> that would look really good um <laughs> and 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 you know okay wb can go away now because they're not privy to this part of the conversation what are we reading next week uh yes yeah, so i'm looking here um uh, we're in such a, a tricky spot with this book because the chapters are quite long yeah not much ha- i'm like this was uh, this a is- long reading this is such an in between, I think. Um, okay. So you I'm think we're doing look, another two? Uh, well, that's what I'm trying to. Fi- I don't know if there's enough in here to do one. Let me just okay. flip and see what kind of content we're gonna get. Actually, WB. you know what? We're gonna do one chapter. Uh, okay. And, and right. it is called Chapter 18: The Weighing of the Wands. It has a beautiful illustration of Rita Skeeter on it. Um, Ooh wee. And that way we'll probably do kind of a long reading for next week where we we grab everything related to the first task. So yeah, one chapter for next that's... week, The Weighing of the Wands. That actually makes a lot of sense because I'm imagining, because that is a fairly short chapter, but well, actually, no, it's, it's pretty hefty, but also we'll probably have uh, lots of movie discussion stuff, right? Because we're exactly. seeing it that that's, day. Exactly, that's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. So, so we'll Good be able to talk thinking. about crimes of crimes of Grindelwald. Um, plus, we can always talk about our favorite fan theory. Uh, so, little little spoiler for next week, where we can talk about Rita Skeeter being J.K. Rowling oh, secretly. Um, yes. yes. <laughs> so I think we'll, oh, I think so we'll much have good stuff. I think we'll have plenty of content for one one chapter next week. So, weighing of the wands. Great. All right. Um, WB. I know you're listening. <laughs> Uh, I know that Harry Potter makes you guys a lot of money. Uh, I know that you've invested a lot, probably, in five Fantastic Beasts movies. Um, uh, but I would just like to suggest, you know, as a company, please read another book. Please read another book. Because this hot mama... Is just a cat in disguise.